everyone, it's Sophia and welcome to my new podcast called State of Minds by Sophia. We have another guest on and her name's Tia and she's one of my course mates and today she'll be talking about uh, two topics. So firstly, how um, she takes hobbies from her unique experience and makes them a part of her extended hobbies in life and secondly how her childhood inspires her future career. Hi Tia. Hi Sophia. How are you? I'm really good thank you. So when you say hobbies what hobbies are you talking about? So I have a handful of hobbies I'd say the bigger ones are cooking, playing quiz bowl and probably playing RPGs or video games. So what type of food do you normally cook? Well, I kind of just cook whatever I feel like or whatever I find in the fridge, to be honest. <laughs> I, I can't really land on one cuisine I absolutely yeah. adore. And also whatever I find in shops, which looks interesting to make or experiment with. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I don't have a preference in terms of cuisine. I just kind of challenge myself. And if I see something, I, um, I'll search it and then just sort of cook it. You'll, you'll sort of see me in the middle of Tesco's, phone in hand, searching through recipes when I find something that looks vaguely interesting. It drives my friends crazy. <laughs> Have you always had that passion of cooking? Like, When did that sort of passion start for you? So I've always sort of liked cooking. Ever since I was a kid, I'd always try and help my grandparents or my mother when I was younger. But I think getting through secondary school and closer to A-levels, I found cooking was a great way to take me away from my desk and from work. I mean, I could do something without having a screen in front of me constantly. Yeah, no, it's definitely a stress reliever for me. It sort of takes away all the responsibilities that I've got and it just makes me like forget about them in a way. Yeah, I agree. It's it's sometimes it's just nice to not have to think about work and people and just lock yourself in a kitchen, music on and and cook. Yeah, and it's, it's rewarding as well when you've worked... Uh, a while for like cooking a recipe and then at the end it tastes really nice and you can eat it and it just makes you happy yeah I totally agree it's the best feeling and especially when other people enjoy the food that you make yeah no exactly that's that's sort of why I like cooking because to see other people's reactions and for them to enjoy what I cook it's just so rewarding it's great yeah so would you say it's developed you as a person? I think so. I think it helps me be more creative, really. I'm not so much of an artist or a musician, but with cooking, I can still be creative. I can still experiment with ingredients, flavour combination, techniques. Yeah, definitely. In the same way you might find a painter experiments with colours or materials. Yeah, it's um, an art form, I'd say. I think so. It's up to your interpretation and how you sort of incorporate your skills into the dish. I agree, yeah. And uh, yeah, I watch a lot of cooking shows. I'll always watch MasterChef every year or whatever. Oh, same. And the new one starting next week was super exciting. Yeah, I love MasterChef. Do you do you think you'll be um you'll want to go on it? I don't think I'll ever be good enough to go on MasterChef, but the dream is there. <laughs> I think it's too much of a stressful sort of environment. Whereas, you know, if you're cooking on your own, you're not in that time constraint. You you can do the recipes in your own time. I agree yeah I just tend to make things up as I go along mostly. So what impact do you think cooking has had on your life? It's connected to me to a lot of people you don't really yeah. know when you eat someone you don't really know what to talk about but 
talking about food and just engaging with something that we all need we all need food in our lives yeah it's it's really universal everyone can relate so you could talk to someone who eats exclusively beans on toast you could talk to someone who wants to try a a crazy fish dish every single week it's just there's always something to talk about when it comes to food it's it's connecting it's not just you do you you i do me so what's um what's your favorite Oh, that's a really hard question. I I knew you'd probably (laughs) ask this if I talked about cooking, but I still don't know what I like. It really depends on my mood. Sometimes I could like devour just a plate of chips. Sometimes (laughs) I'll just go all out and make something really fancy. But I don't really know. There's not a definitive answer for me as well. I just can't. I'll eat anything. What I feel like. So other than cooking talk about your other hobbies i would say one of my other key hobbies is probably playing quiz bowl it was something i was kind of dragged to in my freshers week at uni and something i thought maybe i'll go for one or two weeks i'll leave i don't think i'll like it a huge amount but i met the people then the people were lovely and they started getting me more into the circuit and playing tournaments and stuff and getting me to apply for university challenge that year yeah i had a challenge i used to watch it every year i absolutely love it still and i still watch it every monday when the season's on but I walk walking into that room on Freshers Week, and then three weeks later, being sat at a desk writing up an application for University Challenge. That's quite it was a insane. Jump, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I didn't make the team, but we had interviews. We've had we've been close every single year. We're about to find out this year. But it's mm-hmm. something I'm very close to now because I'm now the president of the Quiz Sock at Brooks. <gasps> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that happened over January of the Christmas break. I've taken over. Mm-hmm. We have another university challenge team going ahead. We've just hosted a tournament. Uh, I interact with universities all over the country mm-hmm. and we're getting closer to going global too. Wow, that's uh, quite an achievement to say that you uh, just got introduced to a society and then now you're president and sort of interacting and making connections with other unis. It's quite yeah, remarkable. Yeah, and hopefully when I move unis in September, I'll be playing for another uni. What sort of sort of like quizzes do you do in that society we do mainly academic so you'll have a team of specialisms i will talk mostly about english lit about law cases some chemistry but then Mm. you can do sort of pop culture you can do music specifically there is literature tournaments there are so many kinds and i guess it's um like you can talk about broad yeah absolutely like all the people i'm friends with around the country we have so many different interests but we also join mutually about this yeah, I watch like quiz shows, like you know, The Chase. And... See, I've applied for all of those this year. I'm waiting to hear back. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so me and my teams have applied. We're just waiting. I can imagine. <laughs> case, it would be fantastic if I got one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how do you think that's impacted your life as well as, you know, cooking? It's, it's taught me leadership, it's taught me how to make friends in something that isn't just my course. You know, you have mutual mm-hmm. interests, but you can learn so much from other people. It's got me, tra- yeah. it's got me traveling around yeah. the country. It's got me meeting other people. It's just lots of different things it's taught me, really. And I know I can keep yeah. up with it even when I finish uni. Exactly, and it's um sort of a getaway. Absolutely, from your studies. Yeah. Well, it's like keep keeping your brain engaged. Yeah, you constantly learn new things. Like I would probably talk about things now that I had no idea about when I first started university yeah it's it's nice like knowing facts about just everything yeah it's great 
Um, and then what else did you say? Did you? Yes, yeah, so I play gaming? RPGs and I play video games a lot. What? I'm just sat here like so. so RPG? RPGs, like or tabletop <laughs> RPGs, just role playing games. The ones like like Dungeons and Dragons, okay. for example. I started playing yeah. those in my second year. I have a really good group of people. I play with loads of different other people as well. Uh, we play loads of systems, not just D and D. So is that um, is that on your computer? So normally we play your... if without the pandemic being a thing, we would play in person. We'd meet up at someone's house, and we'd sit for three or four hours. We bring our dice with us, bring some drinks and snacks. Either do a, a singular mm-hmm. session, or we'll run a campaign, which is multiple st- multiple sessions in a go which yeah. will take a few weeks, maybe years. But we haven't done that much, so we've been doing it over Zoom instead. So how's that going? It's been going good. Like, we still play with the same group. We have a great fun. And it's just nice to see them every week. It, yeah, I guess it's that, different now. But you have to do it, it online, and it's not as, you know, like physical. It's, a bit of, it's, it's almost routine socialising, but it's socialising I think we all need, because work is so mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, distraction from work. And, I completely agree. Yeah, you know, so you creative juices going. You can write characters, you can write stories, you role play, you do acting, you, you get involved in weird puzzles or weird combat scenes. It's all quite good fun. So it is technically, yeah, it is role play. It is, yeah, sense, isn't it? Sort of like escaping from the reality. I agree. Yeah, I probably sound like a humongous nerd. Goodness me. <laughs> I'm just sat here like the only games I've played are you know the ones on Wii and Nintendo. I, yeah, I am a huge Nintendo nerd though. So the next topic is how your childhood inspired your future career. So for the listeners, could you please describe what your future aspirations are, where you are right now in your academic life? So right now I'm about to finish university. I've had a thesis handed in. I've done lots of different research in human rights law. And I've just bit every bit of coursework I've had where I've been given free reign to write about things, I've always found myself leaning back towards human rights or sort of finding a way to bring it in at some point. Yeah, I'm doing human rights now as a module and it's really like, I had great fun taking it last year. I learned such a huge amount from it and it it really influenced my thesis in my second year. Have you found like sort of learning about human it's rights been a... law to say contract or I mean, I feel like contract was more arbitrary. You had to learn it so other things could make sense. But it's human Mm -hmm. rights is something that's a bit more philosophical. It's it's got sides of the philosophy and morals of things, but also policy, which is more public law and constant. But then I I can, at the same time, understanding how policies and treaties work. You need to know contract. It feels like everything I've learned leading up to human rights made sense, and I can see how it all integrates. Um, Back switch society is based upon yeah absolutely you know all the treaties treaties and articles and human rights it's just everyone can relate to it and there's a universal universality aspect yes absolutely universal uh you you, any going from primark clothes to coffee beans there's Mm -hmm. something to do with human rights in there (laughs) and it's something i'm looking at for my master's dissertation Oh yeah, you're doing you're doing a master's. Yes, I'm going to be you? tackling a master's in human rights law in September. Well, have you got any ideas of the sorts that you want to cover in that discussion? So yeah, I want to talk about modern slavery and the interactions between sort of international policies from places like the UN and domestic law around the world, sort of super hubs mm-hmm. of trafficking, like the like the Philippines and Dubai and in America almost. They they all have the 
incredibly diverse but also horrible hubs of human rights violations, especially with trafficking and moving people in and out of the countries. I think it's a broad sort of area where you can let you free to research your own reputation and you can use the views to make that decision. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's it's just how do I explain this? It's um it's something I really want to go into. It's something I want to get out to the world. I want people to know that their actions mm-hmm. could be supporting something quite yeah. seriously wrong. I think in this society it's so we know we have human rights, but we're not sure of what they are or what they mean in it's a sense. It's very hush, very hushed up. People think they know what's going on, but yeah, they really don't know so. the ins and outs of all the cases and they don't know what's happening constantly. It moves so fast and it's, and it's very, yeah. very few of it. Very little of it, I mean, is reported. Learning about it, it's just opened my eyes to a world that I didn't even know existed. Like, Obviously, I knew we have human rights, but I didn't realise the depth and the history and the context behind everything. And it's just so... Exactly. It's so... I can't even it's, it's almost it. overwhelming it's, it's there's such a massive yeah. sort of box of information that you've just opened and it's just come spilling out like learning about this and you start really, to work out how everything but... you do has an impact especially when you yeah, go on holiday for example just... say you take a trip to dubai you see all the beautiful big skyscrapers and buildings you go to the hotels and see all the workers there and i went over christmas mm-hmm. and after studying human rights law for a year and then going away to dubai i just went and sat and thought I wonder how many of these people I hear up against their will. How many of these people are going to have their salary sent, possibly back to their families from India or South Sri Lanka or the Philippines, but maybe that money doesn't go there at all. No, mm-hmm. it's it terrifying. Open. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. And yeah. it's people just get to talk about because it's so terrifying. Even with COVID this year, there's been a huge surge in human rights situations because of PPE production. Young mm-hmm. kids as young as six or seven are being forced to make gloves and masks in sweatshops around East Asia. And we don't really realise that. We sort of just look at the, I don't know, like the the mask and the the aprons and think, oh yeah, that that has come from sort of like... You just think, oh my God, I need to put this mask on. I can't believe I have to wear a mask when I go to Tesco. You know, you know, woe is me. You don't don't realise the process behind that and sort of the people making it. And now I, I... I, I bought a mask which my friend made for me so I it's a bit it's I know it's come from a safe sustainable source it's not mm-hmm. just you don't know where it's come from you have no idea where it's come from you have no idea who the NHS are contracting with to get all their PPE and as far as we're concerned we just need more PPE and that's the sort of thing I want to tackle Definitely. with my future career I'm really excited to you know like see you progress because I can tell how how passionate <laughs> Thank you, are you about this and um, aside from sort of all aspirations and passion, your childhood can lead so as a kid, you know, I had a lot of family living in India and Dubai, for example, and I'd go there and you'd see people working all the time. You'd see cheap labor, you know, the guy who come and deliver your eggs and your milk and you pay him a pound 50 for everything, for all his work mm-hmm. or that your friend's house you go to and the maid is paid two quid a day. And when you're younger, you just think, oh, that's amazing. That's so cheap. You mm-hmm. see it constantly and you hear more about it constantly. And you start to realise sort of how ingrained that culture is into, into our society. And now people just take it for granted. Yeah, there's a structural divide in, you know, the wealthy and the poor. How 
it's scary how deeply ingrained human rights violations are in our lives. But you also don't mm-hmm. want, you also kind of think, I don't want to quite ignore that. I quite like getting a cheap packet of socks from Primark, or I quite like buying coffee from Starbucks. And it's sort of like delving deep into the systems, yeah. which that and we don't really realise until we're educated. And I feel like human rights is, uh, I don't know what it's called, sort of like the framework in which... Yeah, you could that. say framework. That That's probably a good way to describe it. Really want to get too involved with because you, the more you start thinking about it, the more you realise or the more horrible you feel. And it's it's okay to yeah. feel like that. It's the it's the way our society was built. Our society was built on capitalism. And capitalism was built around violations of people. Otherwise, it would not mm-hmm. be sustainable. The models of life we live in would never be sustainable. And that's a really sad reality we have to face. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some people are reaping the benefits of it, and then you get some people who are affected and sort of not as much as we try to help them. The system's so flawed and. You know, we can't help them as much yeah. as we want to. It's the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. So have you faced any struggles during your childhood? Um, I wouldn't say struggles as such. It was more just questioning whether what I was doing was right and whether I wanted to sort of open that kind of worms as I decided that I wanted mm-hmm. to get involved with human rights. Because as a kid, I wanted to be a medical lawyer. I wanted to help people who were being abused in India when I was a lawyer. I wanted to help people who had been suffered medical malpractice. I, it always kind of went back to helping people and helping people's rights, even though child me had no idea yeah. that that was the direction I wanted to go in. I read about awful cases yeah. like the Delhi gang rape from 2015. See the defence lawyer in court holding up her underwear and, and blaming her despite being her defence lawyer. Yeah, no, it's, That was it's awful. It was disgusting. Horrible. And you make you think, do I really want to get involved in that sort of world? It's really quite sad, and yeah. How did you sort of overcome that? And... Well, I sort of just decided, if I want to do this, I have to do this. I can't hide away from it now I'm aware of it. And it might be awful. You might have yeah. to read some nasty cases and horrible articles, but that's reality. And I can I can, yes, the I can avoid the realities of, say, being a doctor because I don't like blood and grime. That, that, that's a reality I'm happy <laughs> to avoid. That's something I'm happy to say, okay, my brother can do with that. I won't. It's t- for you, it's more about sort of helping people who are who yeah, have lost. That it's choosing voice. the reality you want to get involved in. I think that's why I chose to do law because obviously it's an interesting subject and it's a broad field and area. But ultimately, I want to contribute to society we're living in and the people in it and make a difference to their lives in some way. Yeah. Do you have any advice you'd like to give to your younger self? I think if I had to speak to my younger self, I'd say just go faster, work harder, take life by the horns because you can't be this scared. I thought I was doing a great job then. In comparison to now, I think I could have done way more, but you just don't know if you don't know. You you know if you don't say yes to the opportunity? You can't have them all handed to you on a plate. You have to go and seek. For people listening, do you have any advice for them? Well, if you're thinking of doing law or are in law, it's not pretty. It's very gory. You can't be the sort of beautiful, glamorous, legally bond style lawyer all the time. It's going to be messy and you just have to be face, prepared to face the mess. Otherwise, work out how you can make a difference, not just in your life, but to other people. But you can't start helping others until you help yourself first. Yeah, that's, that's such good advice. And I think that's all. That 
you know, we've covered a lot of things and we've gotten to know you and you as an individual and your passion for after university. So I'd like to thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule. And thank you for inviting me. me. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much, Tia. Have a great day. Thank you.